Amen. One single scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, and I hope you didn't expect this. I hope we are not totally predictable here, but uh, I, think, uh, I think it's fitting for where we are. One verse of scripture, Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks. I think that said everything. <laughs> yeah, there's times we're like, really? Really? It is appropriate, the Bible says, in, it doesn't necessarily say for. Did you get that? Sometimes we're not thankful for some of the things that happen, but we can be thankful in everything that happens. Because whether I'm up or down, round or round, feeling good or feeling bad, feeling blue or feeling excited, whether God's given or God's taken, whether I'm rich or poor, He's still a good God. And I can give thanks unto the Lord. I know a lot of people running hither and yon and all around the world, they're trying to find the will of God for their lives. What's the will of God? Oh, I'm trying to find the will of God. I'm going to go on a fast. I'm going to jump on a plane and go to another country. I'm going to find a prophet on a hill somewhere that will tell me the will of God. The Bible right here tells us, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. I want to just speak to you this morning on a simple subject. Just add a little thanks. Just add. A little thanks. And I just got my, you know, just a little bit of, just add a little thanks. Just sprinkle a little thanks into that mix. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. Paul told the Thessalonian Christians, the church in Thessalonica, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I don't need to tell you what is abundantly obvious as we look around, of course, Societally, the world is dark and getting darker. And folks, that should not surprise us. As we get closer to the coming of the Lord, we see even our country in many ways, I don't know, unraveling. I see a lot of darkness. Uh, just had a massive trial this week that finished, and there are some that are rejoicing, and there are some that are cursing. And uh, people are at odds. They're, they're head-to-head with each other. And uh, the world is dark. The world is dark. And the truth of the matter is, it really always has been. Without Jesus, this world is dark. And as the people of God, we have a choice to make. We have a decision that all of us, we have to make. The decision that I have to make in my life is what kind of view am I going to take in life? Am I I going to have a cynical view of life? And the truth is, you're going to be dealt enough bad hands in life that you're going to have a reason if you so choose to have a critical view of life a cynical view of life if you've lived very long you've been disappointed by people and you've been disappointed by life and it's really the fact of the matter is it's easy it takes no effort as a matter of fact anybody can be a crank go ahead swivel your head and say I hope that isn't you huh Anybody can be a crank. As a matter of fact, the end times punch list that, that, that Paul wrote, 
he gives us a punch list that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And he said they're going to be proud people and blasphemers and all this list of perversion. And, you know, nestled into the middle of that list are two words that I found very fascinating that they are next to each other. One word is unthankful, comma, and then it says unholy. He said one of the characteristics of the end time generation is people are going to have a complete lack of gratitude, unthankful. I really find it interesting that the next word in that list is unholy, that a lack of holiness follows a lack of gratitude. In other words, if I lose fundamental appreciation of my life for for just the, the generosity of God and the goodness of God, and I become unthankful, it's no wonder why people throw away their consecration and their commitment to God, because thankful people are committed people. He said they're unthankful and they are unholy. Classic story that I'd, I'd like to tell again this morning, and I've said it, I've, I've shared this story many times, but it really illustrates what I want to say here this morning. And, and a man and his wife pulled into a gas station to refuel their car. As the tank was being refilled, the station attendant washed the windshield. Don't you like it when they do that? I really like that. There's not many full-service stations around anymore. But when he finished, the driver of the car that was sitting in the driver's seat said, the windshield is still dirty. And so he told the attendant, he said, I want you to wash that windshield again. Yes, sir, the attendant said, as he scrubbed the windshield a second time. He looked closely for any bugs or dirty might have missed. And when he finished, the man in the car was becoming increasingly angry. He said, it's still dirty, he yelled. Don't you know how to wash a windshield? Do it again. The attendant cleaned the windshield a third time, carefully looking for any place he might have missed. But could find no messy spots anywhere. By now, the driver was fuming. He screamed, this windshield is still filthy. I'm going to talk to your boss to make sure you don't work here another day. You are the lousiest windshield washer that I have ever seen in all of my life. As he was about to get out of the car, his wife reached over and removed his glasses. She carefully wiped them with a tissue, then put them back upon his face. The driver embarrassingly slumped down into his seat as he observed a spotless windshield. And the truth of the matter is, really, critical people view others through their own dirty glasses. A dirty heart can cause us to see everything from an unclean perspective. He's yelling at the gas station attendant, what's your problem? And you know what? It wasn't his problem. It was his problem, his perspective, his perception, his view. So the question could be asked here this morning, and what we're going to try to address out of the scripture is, so how in the world do I protect my heart? I'm living in a world that's becoming increasingly caustic. Everywhere I look, people are at odds with each other. It's fist to cuff. People are fighting. We have people picking positions. And anybody besides me notice the amplification of nastiness in our world today? Know what I'm talking about? Don't even think about getting on social media. Or get on social media, but I mean, you better have your bulletproof vest on. You get on social media. If you have any opinion and any thought about things, and things are becoming increasingly hostile in the world that we are living in, so how in the world can I be in this world and not adapt and adopt the attitude, the mentality, the perception of the world that's all around me? Because it's easy for me to adopt the same critical mindset because the rhetoric is everywhere. The whiny, 
That's right, whiny. <laughs> We're living in a whiny world. Thin-skinned, cranky, crabby. Are you ready? Self-centered, hedonistic. It's all about me. You owe me. I don't have enough. And this nasty attitude is permeating everything. So what's the answer? You know what we're going to do this morning? We're going to go to the kitchen. We're going to go to the kitchen. We're going to the kitchen this morning. Yes, because I am a fantastic cook. Not really. <laughs> My wife wouldn't know, she said. <laughs> now, I'm allergic to the kitchen if you want to know the truth. But, you know, anybody beside me know these people that can, they can cook up a dish? And, I mean, I could begin to name some of you in the congregation. You are phenomenal cooks, fantastic cooks. And the people that are really good, they really get under my skin. They bug me. Let me tell you why they bug me. Because they're in the kitchen and they're cooking up this deal and they're cooking up this thing and then they just, they just grab a spice. They just go like this. They just go. And I'm like, how much of that did you put in there? Well, I don't know. I'm like, I want to quanti quantify, please. Is that like a quarter of a pinch? Or I mean, is that like a, you know, is that like a half a teaspoon? Is that like three tablespoons? No, you just, you know, you just throw a little bit in there. And you're like, they get done cooking this meal, and you're like, that is like the greatest thing I've ever tasted in my life. And you made it look so easy. Know what I'm talking about? That's, 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 a, that's a good cook. And they, they just add a little bit of this, and they just add a little bit of that, and they just do it in you know, portions, and they just, yeah, it's about, about that much. That's about how much I put in there. And when, when they're done, it just, man, it tastes great. Amen. What I'm preaching here this morning is just add a little dash of thanks. Just add a little dash of thanks. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you can wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. You can wake up and count all the things in life that you don't have, all the things that you want that you haven't gotten. You can talk about how you don't want to do this and don't want this and count all the things that are wrong in life. Or you can wake up and have a godly attitude and say, you know what I'm going to do today? This is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to add just a little bit of thanks. Mm, hallelujah. If you're looking for a complicated message, this isn't the morning for that. Okay, it's not going to get much deeper than this. But this is profound and powerful, and some of the greatest truths are the simplest truths. You know what we can do? We can go throughout our day, and as we go through our day, things that come up in our day, we can add a little, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We can, we can view life through the perspective and through the lens of gratitude. Some of y'all got an attitude. You know that? Some of you got an attitude. And we need an attitude. We need the right kind of attitude. Some of you parents are like, you preach at them, Pastor. That's right. Junior's sitting right next to me. You preach about that attitude. That's right, an attitude. Some people got an attitude. Capital A. Attitude. Well, let me tell you what kind of attitude that we need to have. We need to kind of have a kind of attitude, an attitude of gratitude. 
You know what that means? That means I have the perspective of life that when things happen, I interpret them through the reality and through the grid work and through the lens of thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. What are you preaching, Pastor? I'm praying, I'm praying that you just add a little simple heartfelt because that's where it comes from, right? Gratitude inside of our, it comes from our heart. Thank you, Lord. There's an old song I think we need to resurrect, and it's an old song. I don't know that we've ever sang it. Maybe we've sang it. We probably sang it at some point. And that song goes something like, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Am I right on that? I make up my own words to songs, but I I think. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Okay, having a cruddy day, count your blessings, name them one by one. Having a bad week? Count your blessings, name them. Having a bad month, count your blessings, name them. Hey, guess what? Having a bad year, count your blessings, name them. Having a bad decade, count your blessings, name them. Having a bad life, count your blessings. Name them one by one. You know why? Because we've got a good God that has blessed us with a good life. And it does the heart good like a medicine when we have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for my life. And thank you for what you have done. And thank you for who you are. God has given us all a gift. You know that? We all have a gift. And the gift that he has given us, the gift that he has given us, it will cure the wines. You know what the wines are? Some people, whoa, that was like prophetic. I mean, people like that. <laughs> Some people got the grumps, man. The grumps. Okay? The crabbies. Some people got the crabbies. They're just crabby about everything. They find everything wrong about everything. Entitled. Arrogant. I'm special. I got a song. Me, 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 me. Well, guess what? Him, 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 him. God's been good. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you that gratitude is one of the great gifts of life you know why gratitude is one of the great gifts of life is it will change your perspective on everything on everything some people are in a virtual heaven and they view it as hell some people are going through a virtual hell and they view it as heaven because so much of life is our perspective and how we see and interpret and view the things of life. And I think it's good for us to think of all the things that we should be thankful for. Why? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy for us to forget all the places and the areas. Yes, it is that, that God has been so good to us. I'm going to take you to a passage in the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophet Jonah. And I call Jonah, I hope this is okay. I don't think it's, it's sacrilegious anyway. But I call Jonah, Jonah the jerk prophet. The reason I call him that is really, if you read, the, you read this book, he's kind of a jerk. I've met preachers that are, never mind, we'll just leave that alone. Jonah, I mean, he's, he's called to God, he's anointed to God, he's got a mission, and, 
evidently was hard-headed enough that God said, I I, I can use this guy, so I'm going to send this guy. I'm going to send him to Nineveh. He didn't like Nineveh. He didn't, you know, love everybody. He didn't love Ninevites. He hated the Ninevites. He he hoped God was going to wipe those. He hoped that they were going to be a bunch of crispy critters and they burned in hell forever. He didn't like them. In fact, he was... He, he didn't, he, God calls him because there was something about Jonah. I think Jonah knew as a prophet, he knew something about the nature of God. And he's like, if I go to these people, even though these people are bottom of the barrel, I know, I know these people are the worst of the worst. But what I know is that if God, if they will repent, that God, his nature is that he'll forgive them. And you know what? I don't want to go. I just don't want to go. So he got on a ship. And if you look at the map of where God called him to go versus where he went, when he, where he was called to go to Nineveh and where he went, he literally got into a boat and he went in the exact opposite direction. Sounds like some people that I know. God tells them to do something, they're so stubborn, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, hope it works out for you. In my experience, it doesn't. So, Jonah's got this really bad attitude. He didn't like these people. So part of his wake-up call was in the belly of the whale. Jonah in chapter 2 and verse 7, notice what he says. When my soul fainted within me. When my soul fainted within me. Ever been there before? Just like exasperated, out, out of gas. The Bible says that Jonah said, I remembered the Lord. I remember the Lord. You know why? Because when you forget the Lord, your soul begins to faint. Seedweed is entangled around his head. He's going into the depths of the earth. He's drowning. He's dying. He's at the bottom of the barrel. He's at the end of his life. And, and you know, sometimes I, I, you know, hopefully God doesn't have to do that with the backslider and bring, but sometimes that's what it takes. It takes them getting absolutely to the bottom of the barrel, the darkest of the dark. And here Jonah is. He's running from God. And all of a sudden, when his soul fainted within him, he said, I remembered the Lord. I remembered God, and I woke up from my funk and my foolishness. And the Bible says in verse 7, My prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Verse number 8, if you you want a verse to ponder, you want a verse to take home with you and think about, this is one that you're going to want to think about. He said, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He said, Those that observe lying vanities, those that, you know, just follow after vain things, they forsake their own mercy. And that is so true. And then he said, but this is what I will do. I will sacrifice unto thee, O God. He wakes up from his funk, and he realizes how far he'd gotten from God. And he said, you know what I'm going to do, God? I'm going to sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I forgot how good you are. He said, I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Sometimes the way out of the belly of hell is thanksgiving and gratitude. Amen. When a person wakes up and says, Oh, thank God, I got a second chance. Oh, thank God the Lord gave me a second chance. And I'm so thankful here today because there's people in this house that you shouldn't be here had it not been for the goodness of God. And a right perspective in life says, oh, thank God that he is the God of the second chance. And I'm going to be grateful this go around. This go around, I'm going to realize that my breath and my life and my steps and everything in my life is 
coming from the goodness of God. And so I will offer unto the Lord with the voice of thanksgiving. I will lift my voice. I will articulate and gesticulate. And I will talk of the goodness of the Lord because he's a good God. And I'll bring the voice of thanksgiving. And I get a second chance to be grateful to the Lord. Amen. One of the great callings of every child of God is to be thankful. To very, very simply be thankful. Leviticus twenty two twenty eight, Old Testament principle, whether it be cow or you, you shall not kill it and her young both in one day, he said. And when you, sh- you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, he said, offer it at your own will. He said, in other words, when you bring thanksgiving, do it because you want to do it. Do it because it's free woods. It can't be, it can't be just a demanded thing. Amen. Thank God for all of our young people. I appreciate our children and our young people that are in the church. Amen. Thank God for them. The young people, we don't just live for God because mom and dad expect us to live for God. We live for God because we make the choice to live for God. We live this way not because anybody's making us live this way, but our will is in it. We choose this. This is what we want. This is what we desire. Our will is in this thing. And so we make a choice. Uh, I am going to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I'm going to do it of my own will and volition accord because I choose to. The reason why we sing the songs of Zion the way that we do, the reason why we come to church, the reason why we pay our tithes, the reason we come in these altars, uh, the reason why we love the lost, the reason why we do everything that we do is because we choose to do so because we found he is the best thing this side of heaven he is our God and we choose we choose to of a free will have an attitude of thanksgiving and I'm just saying this morning just add a little thanks just add a little thanks just add a little thanks Colossians 4 and 2 Paul said continue in prayer and watch in the same notice what he said We have prayer, but he said, you watch in the same with, can you say it with me? With what? With thanksgiving. He's saying, as you're praying and we're continuing prayer, watching in the same, but but he said, add a little thanks with it. Come on, some of you burdened intercessor prayer warriors. Sometimes intercessors, they can get under such a heavy burden And they have a tender, sensitive heart, and they can feel and they sense things that are happening, and they carry it probably with a double double sense of emotional weight in their lives. If not careful, you can take on yourself a very a, 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 a garment of thanks or a, a garment of heaviness can can weigh upon you. And that's why he says when you're continuing prayer, add a little thanks. Because that lightens things up. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm lifting up my eyes. Yes, there's problems. Yes, there's things to be burdened about. But oh, at the same time, there's a God that's fully capable. And I'm thankful for the mighty hand of the Lord and the miracle working power of God that is capable. Amen. I thank you, Lord. And you start looking around. You know what it does? It begins to change and transform your perception of what's happening in life. When you just add, just add we're just going to add a little dash of thanks. That's what we're going to do here. We're going to add just a little bit of thanksgiving. Likewise, Paul tells the Philippian church in the fourth chapter, sixth verse, be careful for nothing. Other translations say, be anxious for nothing. Man, isn't that a fitting verse for 21st century America? Anxiety? 
Oh, yeah, anxiety is eating people up nowadays. If we're not careful, we can be in the church, but the world can get into our heart. And the same fear, I feel like talking about some things this morning. Maybe I should do that. The same fear, church, we cannot be captivated by COVID fear. Listen to me. We cannot be driven by COVID fear. We cannot do it. We, we, I believe we can be careful, fine, be careful, but we cannot be driven by the fear that the world is given. And all of a sudden, well, I'm not, I better not go to church because there's people there. Well, I'm not going to group because there's people there. Well, what you going to do? You're going to not go to work because there's people there? You're going to not go to Walmart because there's people there? I feel a slight witness of the Holy Ghost here today. Because I think the enemy would like to back the church in the corner. In some ways, he's done it over the past year. In some ways, the church has tried to figure out how do we navigate perilous times. And it's been difficult. And the enemy has in some ways tried to break our rhythm and our momentum. I'm watching children of God that were on fire in January of 2020 that are a smoldering wick at closing out 2021. What I'm saying is we got to push back a little bit. I'm not saying be reckless. I'm not saying be crazy. What I'm saying is we've got to live our lives by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're going to die, you're going to die. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in faith, uh, believing in Jesus Christ uh, and trusting in Him with every part of my life. I'm not going to let this world put me in a box uh, and put us in a corner and accuse us to a place uh, where we shrink like a bunch of violets. uh, We say, oh, I guess we're just going to be afraid of everything. No, we're not going to be afraid of everything. I read somewhere that if God be for us, uh, who can be against us? I shall not fear. I shall not be moved. I don't know where that came from. That's free. That's just free right there. Be careful for nothing because anxiety will eat your life up. It'll eat you up. It'll eat you up. You give way to it in your head, it'll eat you up. You watch too much CNN, it'll eat you up. You watch too much social media, it'll eat you up. In fact, some of you need to unplug from the stupid sources you're listening to because it's screwing your head up. And all of a sudden, you, you get it in your head, and all of a sudden, oh. You know, sheep would get diseases in their ears, and they'd beat their head against a tree. They'd beat their head against trees. Man, something's, I see people like that. But I read somewhere that it says that he'll anoint my head with oil. And that's what we need. We need an anointed head. We need, to get our, we need to get our head right because the enemy, he'll beat us between the ears if we allow him to. But we're not going to be anxious Come on, we're not going to be anxious. We're not going to be, we will not be filled with anxiety. You say, oh, pastor, you don't understand. That's a biochemical reaction to fear that happens in a person. I understand exactly what it is. You just the adrenal glands kicking. I understand exactly what anxiety is. But I can make a choice. 
I can dwell on fearful things. I can dwell on the wrong sources of information. Or I can do what the Bible says. And I've got an antidote to anxiety. Be careful for nothing. Jesus, help us. But in everything, it tells me, in everything, I'm not going to be filled with anxiety, but in everything, I'm going to pray. That's what it says. Everything by prayer, I'm going to pray and put my feet down and in supplication before the Lord. But I'm not just going to carry a spirit of burden in my life. He also said, but don't you forget, you add a little thanksgiving to that too. Is that what your Bible says? Be careful for nothing, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Because then we're not just focusing on the gravity of the need. You ever heard of somebody give a prayer request that was so big that like you, you just sucked all the faith out of you? Like, whoa, man, you just overplayed that hand. They've got cancer of the greatest extremities. It's virtually incurable, impossible. You just crawl into a hole and die. That's not a prayer request. That's like a, I don't know what that is. That's fine. You know what, for, in other countries, people don't have, they don't have the medical care we do, and so I don't know how I end up here. They don't, they, so, so we can define and refine. We say it's this, and we know the whole thing. And other countries go, man, I got a growth, and I'm like really sick. Really? Let's pray about that. Because last I heard, Jesus is able. I don't want to get my head filled with all this stuff. Why? But this is what he said. He said, bring your request, your prayer and supplication with thanks. Just add a little things to it. With thanks. Season your prayer. Count your blessings. Oh, God's done it before. Come on, David. He's done it before. I, I got me some, I, 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 got, I got me a giant's head hanging somewhere. It's got some tentacles hanging out from underneath it. I got me a sword hidden away somewhere in the house of God. It's a memory. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got a bear rug on my tent wall. You know what that means? That means there's some victories that God's already wrought in my life. And I look back and God's, you know, if the Lord delivered me from the lion, he delivered me from the bear. Then what's this great big fat ugly dude standing in front of me? God's able. If he did it then, he can do it here. It gives us inspiration with thanksgiving. Season it. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Man, we got garlic salt. We got cayenne pepper. Woo! That's some hot stuff right there. That's for Pentecostal church. We got some paprika. That's really good for I don't know what. <laughs> we got us some St. Elmo Steakhouse seasoning. Huh. Put that on roasted duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Add a little thanks to it. All right? Here's my mission this morning. I have a mission this morning. My mission is very simple here this morning. I really, I really want to do it. What I want to do, I've been thinking about it. My reason for this message is so simple, all right? My, 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 my mandate this morning is so basic, okay? I am here this morning to remind you of some things. That's why I'm here. It's the core of my message here this morning. I want to remind you of some things. Because there's a lot of things in all of our lives that we take for granted. And I want to remind you of some things. Because I guarantee you, you've already forgotten. I guarantee you. You know how I know? Because I've forgotten. I, my goal here this morning is to remind us. Are you ready, church? You and I are swimming in blessing. 
right now. We are swimming in blessing. Everywhere that we look, if we close our eyes and open our eyes, we are going to look and we are going to see the blessing of God everywhere in our lives. Everywhere. As a matter of fact, you even look behind you, it looks, oh, that's, that's goodness following me. Oh, that's mercy following me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. Everywhere we look is the blessing of God. upon. And my job here this morning is to remind us all of the blessing of God. I have to do it. It is my mission here this morning to remind us of the blessing of God. And I hope that as I enumerate some of these things, someone maybe will say, man, we've got it good. Wow, I'm grateful. Whoa, I am so blessed. Man, I'm blessed. Okay, are you ready? I'm going to go down a punch list here. And some of these things are going to surprise you because you're going to be like, come, I mean, I mean, really? Okay. You have plumbing in your house. Tell me something I didn't already know. You have plumbing in your house. You're like, plumbing? Do you, do you realize, if you look at the vast panorama of history... Do you realize that for the majority of history, young people, there was no plumbing? You don't even know. I mean, you you don't get it. You know what that means? That means they had these things. They were called chamber pots. Chamber pot. I got to be really careful here today. As I could get a little radical. I don't want to get radical. Um, all right. Can you imagine peeing in a pot? And you're like, oh, yeah. I've done the porta potty thing. No, 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 no. Not even porta potty. I'm talking in a pot, in a chamber pot. And the other business. Yeah. You realize that in in Rome, the Tiber River ran through the center of Rome, and and, and at their best day, as they begin to improve their sanitary conditions, they they, they built like culverts that would go through the city, and the people, as they got up in the morning, they would take their chamber pot full of, yeah, they would take it, and they would dump it. And it would run, raw sewage would run through the streets. And this is Rome. This is mighty Rome would run through the streets. And it would dump itself into the Tiber River. This was the mightiest nation on planet Earth. And it would run through the city. And they say from a long distance when you came into mighty Rome, all you could smell was the sewage. Was the sewage. Now, we could get in philosophy here. I'm just going to leave it alone, I think. But I think you ought to flush the toilet with some level of regularity. I mean, I just that's just my personal... <laughs> I mean, just trying to help everybody here. Okay, okay. Let's not think about it too long, but think about it. You ever have somebody leave that and actually you, you leave for a weekend and it's left in the toilet for about two days? You ever know it? You flip open the tongue, you're like, ammonia, rancid. I don't mean a nice porta potty, I mean a clay pot. Let me tell you what, people smelled. 
We shake hands. You know there are places in the world you don't shake. If you shake a hand, you don't shake the right hand. You shake the left hand. I won't explain to you the exact reason why you don't shake the right hand. But use your imagination. We're talking about sanitation. How you doing? Uh, I don't think so. People smelled. People smelled. The city smelled. They didn't have great soaps and disinfectants. And if they did, it's, oh, man, I, I, I got, I'm going to have to leave this subject fast. It's like somebody that sprays the spray in the bathroom, and all it does is just cover up. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And it's just like, okay, so I'm just, do, do you realize that when you flush the toilet, hey, when you flush the toilet, do you realize what that means? Do you realize? I mean, we say it's not. It, it, thank God for the creature comforts that we have in the 21st century that we take for granted. We're like, oh, big deal. Yeah, you go flush the toilet. It's no big deal. I'm saying today that we are a blessed people. We are living in tremendous blessing. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. How about, how about this? How about running water? How about running water? Now, we're getting ready to go into winter season here, but you know there was people, and I mean, even that, that you'd have to go out and dig a well, and you'd go outside, and there's three feet of snow, and it's 30 below, and you're... And all we do is wake up in the morning, and we just go... We get in the shower, and we turn it on, and it's just steaming hot water. I, I, I can't live without a hot shower in the morning. Do you understand the creature comforts that we have? Oh, God. If we could just add a little thanks. Just add a little. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm ready. Let's get off that subject. <laughs> I'm going to sound like your mother this morning, all right? You know how many people are starving in the world? You little brat. You don't like that food that I'm set before you. You know how many, you know how many people are starving in this world right now? My mom did it to me. You, you know how many... You little, I don't like this. I don't like that food. Your mom would look at you and she'd say, there's people starving in the world. Do you know something here this morning? There are people starving in the world. Do you realize there are people that are starving in the world right now? If you have any, any vast view of history, they say Stalin during his purges literally, literally, literally starved Millions of people to death, starved them to death. They had no food. They died with bloated bellies and they had no food. And yet we open our fridges up and we open our cupboards up and they are chocked full. And invariably, I know how it is, and I'm not just going to pick on our teenagers, but like, Mom, there's nothing to eat. There's nothing to eat. And you know what? There are people in the world that would die to change places with us, that would die to change places with us and stand in our place right now and look at those cupboards and look at that fridge. There are people that would die to stand in our, in our place. I'm telling you here this morning that we are a blessed people. We ought to thank God for the blessing of the Lord. When that Thanksgiving dinner is placed before us, and that whole dinner, I mean... I don't know how far I want to go with this, but I mean, even the fact, even the fact that we have refrigeration nowadays, we realize what that means. We take for granted refrigeration. We got the coolest fridge. We just bought a fridge a little while ago, and it's, it's a side-by-side, -side, and what I like about it is you can open the fridge door and still get ice at the same time. Huh. Our fridge not, used to not be able to do that. 
You'd open, you'd open a, you couldn't open the fridge or the ice wouldn't work. Oh, I got both. I can open the fridge and snack while I'm getting ice and getting water. I mean, right? But we got a little door on the front. You'd click a little door on the front, and a little half part of the fridge opens up. You go, oh, your little stuff in there. Do you realize what that means to us? That, that we have refrigeration, that, 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 that man alive, we can, we can keep our food for long periods of time. And you have preservation and technology has allowed us the ability to keep food fresh for long periods of time. Like, oh, what does that mean? I thought we were in church on Sunday, Rev. What are we talking about? What I'm talking about is everywhere that we look, things that we don't even recognize anymore, we take it as a given. And we go, oh, man, we can so easily complain about, I don't like what's sitting in front of me. I don't like this. But the truth of the matter is we are incredibly blessed today. And what we can do is add a little bit of thanks. Thank you, Lord, because I, I want to recognize. I want to recognize what I have in my life. Thank you, Lord. In fact, let me give you a scripture here. 1 Timothy 4 and 3, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God knoweth hath created to be received with thanksgiving. The people that are barring certain, she said, no, you, you can eat them, just be thankful when you eat them. That God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Verse 4, 1 Timothy 4, 4, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. And I love this, if it be received with thanksgiving. I'm like, barbecue, barbecue. Thank God for the cross. You don't get it, you have to think about that. If you were a Jew, you couldn't have barbecue. At least not barbecue pork. But What did he say? He said it's, it's, it is nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. This is, this is me. I think we ought to pray before we eat our food. I do. I think it's a habit to get into. It's like, food's there. It's like, no, kids, slow down. Slow down. I mean, I don't think it has to be a 45-minute intercessory prayer, but I think we can stop long enough and say, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this food that we are about to partake. You've been kind to us. We thank you for it. We recognize from whose hand it comes. I thank you, Lord. It's called being thankful. Just add add a little thanks. Just add a little thanks. That's all we're doing. We're just adding a little thanks throughout our day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We're adding a little thanks because God has provided for us what we're, we're partaking of right here. The Lord has, yes, he's blessed us. I told you it's my mission. Just a few things I, wanna, I just want to enumerate here. How about, how about heating and air conditioning? How about HVAC? I mean, we're getting ready to go and do a Siberian deep freeze. Yep. And you know what we're going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. And I love doing this. I love going for car rides when there's like three feet of snow coming down and it's 20 below. I like that. I do because, you know why? Because I'm in my little, I'm in a bubble. I'm in my warm little bubble and, you know, the snow's coming down. Yeah. I like being in the house, Shane. I like being in the house when the snow, I mean, flakes this big. They're just, just coming it's, and it's warm and, and, and I mean, we, we are blessed to have the heat source that we do. Some of you heat with wood, probably not too many. And even that technology has come a long ways. We got wood splitters, we got wood machines, we got these special boilers. But back in the day, 
The temperatures were not so easily regulated. You had just super dry heat. It'd be cold in the morning, and somebody's out chopping wood, and somebody's, and all of a sudden, all we do is hit a little thermostat. We wake up, and we're just toasty warm, and life is grand, and life is good. I'll tell you what I'm saying today. Add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord. Air conditioning. Yeah, I, I don't know why I never thought of this. I was, I, was, uh, I was listening to a book on tape a while back called The Great Gatsby. It's a, it's a neat story. Great Gatsby was set in the 1920s. And it was about a, a really rich, rich family. And I don't know why in the narrative of the story, they, they got out and uh, it, was, it was summertime. And in, in the narrative, they lived in this mansion. And this mansion, it was, it was so oppressively hot they just they could they couldn't cool off, and so this, I don't know why it resonates so much with me. They got in their super rich car and they got in their car and they're just driving down the road as fast as they could drive, 60 miles an hour. The windows are down, but they couldn't get away from it because it was so hot out. And then they're just blasted with hot air. And here are people. Here are people that are rich. They were they were they were mega rich, and yet they couldn't find cooling. They couldn't cool off. They had all the creature comforts, but they had no air conditioning. And I'm like, you know, what we have nowadays, you know, on, on those occasions in August, and it's and it's a hundred degrees, and we're sweltering. And you ever lay in bed? You know, it's late at night. You don't have air conditioning. How many remember growing up like that as a kid? You're laying on the bed, spread eagle. <laughs> I'm dying, man. I can't. But you know what we got now? We got air conditioning. We got air conditioning. We can just cool off. Where's the air? I can't live without air. Well, only people have only done it for like 6,000 years of human history. They live without air. But guess what? We got air conditioning. I'm just saying the least we can do is just add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord. I don't deserve this, but oh man, I'm so, I'm so blessed. We buy vehicles nowadays. Mm-hmm. The creature comforts of being warm when it's cold and cool when it's warm. And man, my wife and I, over the years, I got to confess. I got to confess. We have fought over the years. You know what we fight about when we get in the car and we're driving down the road? <laughs> He's like, it's, it's too hot in here. It's too hot in here. I'm like, no, it's not. It's too cold in here. No, it's too hot in here. <laughs> There's trouble in paradise. I better be really careful here this morning. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't want to fight with a menopausal woman when it comes to heat and cooling. You know what I'm saying? You're like... So, this is what we did. <laughs> Next, I got a Nissan now. It's the first time in, in, in my entire life. I got a Nissan. We got dual climate control. She can freeze and I can roll. Stall at the same time. And all I'm saying is, just add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I go on vacation with my family and the lunatics. They got I me mean, ice cubes are coming out of the vents. And I'm just, I'm cold-blooded, man. Ice cubes are coming out of the vents. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? They're like, put a blanket on, Dad. I'm like, listen, I paid for this vacation. I'm putting a blanket on. You people, you need to figure out what's wrong with you. <laughs> what are you saying? All I'm saying is, just add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. All right, how about health care? Health care. Health care. I mean, do we realize 
There's a, listen, there's a lot of people that you wouldn't even be in this service here this morning if it was not for modern medicine and the hand of God through that modern medicine. You wouldn't even be here today. You would have died a long time ago. Some of you would already, we'd already done your funeral. You'd already be gone. But you can say today, it was the hand of the Lord. Thank God he does use technology and medical personnel and the hand of the Lord. And we thank God for that. Luke was a physician. We, and, and, you know, thank God for that. Thank God for, I mean, the, 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 the kind of health care that is available to us. We have so much to be grateful for. A lot of things that people get sick from nowadays, do you realize people died of a generation ago? They just died Death and sickness and infant mortality and little babies that died. And now the infant mortality is so low. And we're just like, oh, yeah, that's just the way it is. And, and we have a sliding scale of, but all, all I'm saying is just stop for a minute. Long enough, church, just go, thank you, Lord. That's true. That's true. I'm just going to add a little thanks. Thank God. Thank God for the blessing of the Lord. I could go on and on and on. Vehicles. We got vehicles. You didn't come Clump, 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 clump. Come on, Mary Jane, we're going to church. Clump, 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 clump. You didn't do that. You got in your car. Your climate control car. With dual climate control. You just put her on cruise control and you just came to church. Just add a little thanks. I got comfortable beds to sleep in. We don't sleep on pallets. Oh, yeah, I got a purple. I got a purple mattress. Someone else, oh, yeah, I got this mattress. We got all this technology, all this stuff. All I'm saying is the least we can do is say, thank you, Lord. How about the liberty that we have in our country? Yes, there's a lot of things that are changing in America. Yes, all that, but we're not in North Korea. It's illegal to, to be, you know, and it'd be dangerous. Us doing what we're doing here would be dangerous and life-threatening. We have freedom. We got to get up and come to church and worship God and have freedom to, to magnify the Lord. We're not, we're not killed. We're not put in a labor camp somewhere. Not trying to be reprogrammed for our crazy beliefs. No, we've got freedom in here. And I'm just saying, wow. Wow, what a, what a great God. How about this? Let's, let's switch gears here a little bit. How about, how about your life? Let's start naming them. Think about your life. Let me think about my life. Health. I got health in my body. That's a miracle thing. That's a wonderful thing. Got health. How about our spouses? God's blessed us. I got a wonderful spouse. She puts up with me, as you can tell. She puts up with me. You know, this December, it's going to be 28 years. And all those years weren't good years. Some of those years were hard years. But you know what? This is a good woman. We've got a, I've got a, I got a, I got a good wife. I got a good marriage. My best friend, my greatest supporter, my companion, my lover. In 28, it's going to be 28 years in a week, a good marriage. What can I say? Thank God for the blessing. He that findeth the wife. Oh, I'm preaching right now. Some of you dudes that are out there, you're single. He that findeth the wife. And I'm going to leave, I'll leave that alone. I won't go on. You didn't get it. He that findeth a wife. I'm going to say it again. He that findeth a wife. Findeth a good thing. And obtaineth favor from the Lord. That's right. You got to be looking, man. Okay, I'll leave that alone. I don't want to bug her. Single men or women. All right. <laughs> I get to live in a beautiful town. Now. I didn't think that 25 years ago because I was ignorant. I was ignorant. I was. Oh, man, northern Minnesota is stinking freezing in this place. Golly, this place aggravates me. 
so stinking cold. People talk about fall time. Fall is so wonderful. I love the fall color. I'm thinking, man, you people are nuts because winter's coming. Are you clueless? And all of a sudden, you live here for a little while, and you go like, man, fall's coming. Ooh, I like fall. Winter time, right? Bust out the snowmobiles and the ice fishing and the, and the, and the snow. Just add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. Mariah very likely could have not been here today. She was healed as a child of B-strep and meningitis, spent six years in St. Paul Children's ICU, and you know what? She has no hearing issues. She has no developmental issues. She is, she is healthy. She is whole. And I just got to say, thank you. Just add a little thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brooklyn had hearing problems. She had regional pain syndrome. These are things that as a parent, I mean, they just, they scare you to death. And, and the Lord took care of those things. And just add a little thanks. My son Caleb was away from God for a couple of years. Miserable years. Miserable years for us, at least. A lot of stuff happened that I, I'm glad I didn't know about then. I don't know how to slept at night. But you know what? He's back, and he's living for the Lord. And God's mercy and hand was upon his life. You think I don't, you think I don't recognize receiving undeserved mercy and grace in his life because God is so good. I just, all I got to do is just add a little thanks. I just got to add a little thanks. That's it. Thank you, Lord. You've, you've, been, so, you've been so good. We sold our house in August. That was, that was kind of an unanticipated thing. Remodel a home that's nice. We're there. What are you saying? I'm saying life is good. God is good. Some of you, some of you men that are here today, you've got, you've got a job. You've got a job. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about here. There's some men in this place right here. You have landed a good job this year. And it's almost like, where'd that come from? Well, we know where it came from. The Lord giveth. The favor of God. Now, now, now let's dig down a little bit deeper. How about spiritual things? You know that we have this thing right here in our hands. Do you know that for many, many, many hundreds of years in human history, people did not have access to this right here? They didn't even have, they couldn't get one of these things. People talk about chaining the Bible to the pulpit. The reason why is they were so valuable. And yet we come and we have multiple copies. We have access to the Word of God. We have the Word of God, literally access to the Bible, none other than the mind, the heart, the truth of God contained within its pages. And I have free and equal access to the... I have a Bible. What are you saying? I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I can have the truth of the Word of God. Come on, how, how about Calvary here this morning? Can we stop for just a moment and say, thank God that invisible, almighty, eternal God came to the earth in flesh and he came and he loved us and he taught us and for 33 and a half years and for all of this, what did he receive in return? They beat him with the Roman cat of nine tails. They beat him within an inch of his life and then they pounded nails into his wrists and into his feet and they hung him on an old rugged cross on a place called Mount Calvary and the blood was shed and when the blood hit the dirt, that blood was for you it was for me to give us forgiveness and to give us new life and to give us hope and to, today our lives are together because Jesus died for me Jesus loves me and he died for me and he gave me what I didn't deserve because uh, he's a good God all I'm saying is stop for just a minute just 
Just add a little thanks. How about the gospel of Jesus Christ? At some point in your life, you heard somebody teach or somebody preach. And you said, what in the world do I do with my life? What, what's next? And you heard somebody say, what you need to do is you need to repent of your sins. You need to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we did that. And it worked. We came out of the tank with our sins remitted in a new life. And we spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost came in, just like they did in Acts chapter number 2. And here we are, the gospel, the gospel. All I'm saying is, add a little thanks. How about the Spirit of God in our lives, the Holy Ghost? Can you imagine not having the Holy Spirit of God in your life? Not having the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Trying to do this thing on your own. But we have on board, we have, the, we have Christ in us. The hope of glory. Christ is in us. The Holy Ghost is in us. I have a power inside now. I couldn't live the way I wanted to live before because I wasn't capable. But now I got Christ in me. It's the hope of glory. I've got Christ in me. We come to church. And we guess what? We get to, And we talk about it a lot. It becomes so familiar to us. But we, we can feel the presence of God. We can sense the Lord talking to us. We can sense God working in our lives. What are you saying? I'm saying, just add a little thanks. Spirit of God. How about this one? Swivel your head and look around for a little bit. Look around. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. We have one another. God gave us that gift. You realize one of the greatest gifts in life you can have is a good church. One of the greatest gifts in the world, this side of heaven, is your local body of Christ, a local body of believers. Not some ethereal, immaterial concept, but real flesh and blood people that are born again just like you, that are on the same journey that you're on. They're going to the same heaven you're going to, and they're linking hand in hand, arm in arm. They're saying, let's go to heaven together. Let's bring as many people to heaven with us together as we can. Let's reach our community. Let's reach our city. Let's get as many people to heaven because we're on a journey and we're going somewhere. We're going to glory land. We're going to walk streets of gold together and we have the body of Christ. Oh, what are you saying? I'm saying just every once in a while just stop and look around and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to add a little bit of thanks. I'm going to add a little bit of thanks. We have heaven to look forward to. I've spent a lot of time as of late in First and Second Peter and it's the closing moments of Peter's life. And he talks a lot about heaven. He talks a lot about being ready to meet God. He talks a lot about living in holy conversation, considering the end of our salvation, the, the, the salvation of our souls. He spends a lot of time talking to them about it. He said, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace. He's saying, stay focused. Stay focused, church. Because he said, the Lord showed me pretty soon God's going to take me. That's what Peter said. He knew when he was going to go. He knew the prophecy when he walked with Jesus that Jesus told him what's going to happen. It kind of aggravated Peter a little. And he's like, what about John? He's like, you don't worry about John. This is between me and you. Yeah. People are going to carry you one day. And in 2 Peter, he says, oh, but, but man, it's, the Lord has showed me it's coming soon. And so he's with urgency and he's with passion. He's saying, folks. He's coming like a thief. It's right around the corner. Stay on your game. Don't forget. 
Remember. He says remembrance like, I don't know how many times in the first chapter, three or four times, in remembrance, in remembrance, in remembrance. He said, though it me, though when I leave this tabernacle, I'm going to leave you in remembrance. He said, I'm even going to leave you some writings so that you don't forget because don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Jesus is coming. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Stay ready for the Lord. Amen. Three points as we close here this morning. Just add a little thanks. Number one, would you say, see it? See it. You know what it needs to start with? God, give us eyes to see. Give us the right perspective. Help us to, help us to have the right lens that we view life through. Help us to look and help us, all of these wonderful things in life, help us, help us to, to, to see them. Help us to see it. Help us to look at life through the grit of gratitude. I will be grateful because I see it everywhere. Everywhere in my look, life I look, I see the blessing of God. Number one, see it. Number two, say it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's something you have to give. Thanksgiving is something you have to give. It's why it's called thanksgiving. Thanks. Giving. You give thanks. I give you thanks, Lord. I will verbalize and I will vocalize and I will say, Thank you, Lord, because you've been good to me. Everywhere in my life, I see the hand of God upon my life. Thank you. Thank you. If you weren't taught, I'm trying to teach you here this morning out of the Word. If you weren't taught this, I was fortunate enough I had a mother in my life that taught me. And man, she was rough sometimes, but she taught me, and she did a great job with this. She did a great job with this. She taught me. You say thank you. You say thank you. Don't you be some kind of ingrate. Don't you be that kind of person. Don't you be an ingrate and go through life. And You say thank you. She'd bring something. I wouldn't say. She'd say, and what do you say? And what do you say? And what do you say? Thank you. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. Who do you think you are? She told me one time. I was, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact circumstance. I was kind of a smart aleck in case you didn't pick up on that. And uh, she looked at me one time. She said, who do you think you are? I was a young teenager. Superman. (laughs) Who do you think you are? She said, you know what your problem is? You're a spoiled brat. And when she got done, I was about this big. And you know what? She was right. She was right. I was a spoiled brat. And I needed her to cut me down to size. And to remind me, and, and what do you say? I'm blessed. Say it. That's why it says, by him let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. And the final thing I'll say is this. Season it. Season it. See it. Say it. And season it. See it. Say it and season it. See it, say it, season it. That means everywhere you go, you're throwing around an ad. I'll tell you how we change our world today. We change our world not by being a bunch of sniping, griping American Christians, crabby American Christians. Oh, you believe what's happening? Blah, 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 blah. When, I get on a, when I get on a social media, I can spend all my time. Or I can be like, I tell you what, I made up my mind. I have social media. 
but I'm going to be an influencer on social media. Anything I put on there, it's going to be glorifying the Lord. It's going to be a positive word because the other, I, it's so easy to do that. But I, I want to season it. I want to season. If we go through our world, we season. We season our lives. We season everywhere we go. See it, say it, and season it. And what do you say? You just add it to everything in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening.